This podcast is sponsored by thevalleygivesback.org. For hundreds of years we brought you the news. For in the info we gave you the clues. Hello, hello. Welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. My name is Eugene Driscoll of ValleyIndie.org. Today is Wednesday, November 10th, 2021. Very special podcast uh, episode, I got to say, this week. I've never said that before. It's mostly due to my guests. I want to welcome back to the program, at this point, two veterans of Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. We'll go, uh, I guess, what, age before beauty? Mr. Kurt Miller, he is Seymour, former Seymour First Selectman and current financial guru of the city of Ansonia. Hello, Kurt. Always a pleasure to be here. However, I do feel I am much prettier than uh, my co-host. Yeah. And Kurt, I-, I should note it is 7 o'clock at night. You are still in Ansonia City Hall, burning the midnight oil there. That is correct. We do not adhere to daylight savings in the city of Ansonia. And we work until the work is done. Well, there you go. And then uh, joining me also, familiar face to anyone who's watched or listened to this program, it's Mr. Jim Gilday, recently re-elected to the Derby Board of Education. Hello, Jim. Welcome, Gene. And, and I got to say, it's pretty cool to be on with Kurt Miller, for uh, for certain. You know, Kurt and I, ironically enough, had a, a phone conversation earlier about something else. And we both spoke about how happy we are not having to share podcasts with Rick Dunn. Because try getting a word in with Rick. My God, it's it's easier getting Republican elected to New Haven. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, you do have to make a reservation in advance to get a word in when you're on with Dunn. Um, that I being said, share. I have a surprise for you guys joining us. <laughs> you know, I did have a very one-sided phone conversation with Rick Dunn today. It was about 15 minutes long. I had six words. Wow. Uh, you gotta, we, you, we seem to agree to something at the end, though. I just want to know how you got six words in, Kurt. Hi, and goodbye. What were the other four? <laughs> just want to tell people I'm not editing this podcast. I'm not taking responsibility for what these gentlemen say about Rick Dunn. <laughs> head of the Valley Council of Governments, nor anyone else. But let's give a little teaser here. Let's do a little, let, let's, we, we've got some uh, juicy, I guess for lack of a better word, topics to cover uh, in this episode. And I just wanted to play an audio clip of Alderman Bill Phipps from last night's, that's Tuesday, November 9th, Board of Alderman meeting in Ansonia. And here he's talking about something Mayor Cassetti allegedly uh, did or said. He laid the gauntlet down this morning on WICC for all of here. He all but told Derby, come up with the part of the uh, 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 senior center or we're going to shut off your gas and, and melt all your salt. And melt all your salt. So uh, that's a tease. We're gonna, that, that's a topic we're going to be <clears throat> getting to in a couple of minutes. So please stay tuned. But before I say anything, this podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Org. This podcast is sponsored by valleygivesback.org. Oh, I just said that. It shouldn't be a surprise that when you pass away, none of your assets go with you. Whether you have a will or not, your assets will be distributed, sometimes not how you would like. Why not make a plan? Your plan can include your favorite relatives, friends, and maybe a nonprofit or two supporting causes that you care about. 
Ask a trusted advisor about plan giving options. Plan for a gift that keeps on giving. Learn more at valleygivesback.org. All right. Yeah. So thank you. Message from our sponsor. But I guess before we get into this uh, Mayor Cassetti on WICC uh, radio stuff, I wanted to talk to you for a second, Jim Gilday. You were heavily involved with Mayor Zekin's reelection campaign in Derby. And last week I, I did an episode where I talked to a bunch of people who were involved in campaigns all over the Valley, including uh, Alderman Rob Heider, who's going to come up again uh, later in this broadcast. Uh, and he had shared some insight as did Oni Malerba, the head of the Democrats uh, in the city of Derby. Uh, what was your take, Jim, on last week's election in Derby? And uh, what are some things that uh, the average person might have missed who wasn't looking uh, at the numbers? Because I was look, sort of left confounded by, by the Derby race, but you had sort of a better look and analysis on the numbers, I thought. So certainly I, th- I thought it was very similar to 2019, um, but, but, but here's the thing really, if you spoke to anybody three months ago, and they're going to be honest with you, there was not a person who thought Rich was going to win. He was a heavy underdog. Historically in Derby, uh, when you come off of a close election, you lose. Uh, Mayor Stafari, uh beat Dan Foley by 38 and he got you know, he got, pretty much got crushed by Anita in 2013 by 400 votes. Anita beat Rich in, I think, 2015 by uh, uh, by uh, 112 votes, and then and then Rich beat her by 500 votes in, in, two years later, 2017. So I really think if anybody was being honest, all conventional wisdom said that when Rich lost, uh, when Rich won by 38 votes to Brian Coppola two years ago, most people thought he was going to get crushed this year. I mean, it's just, and I'm going to be honest with you, and people should be honest and, and admit that. So I think the fact that Rich came back and he went and he ran and he ran and he won, I think he, he you know, certainly the campaign was a very effective campaign. So I, I think most people have to be honest, you know, thinking that he would lose. I actually heard, you know, people on the other side saying, oh my God, we could run Mickey Mouse and win. So, so I think, I think really they underestimated rich uh and i think they underestimated the campaign and then really beneath the surface there really wasn't much change uh the republicans had the tax board still by six they had it six two years ago it was a six three split democrats on the board of aldermen uh, to republicans uh uh as the same as it was two years ago if anything the republicans made inroads because the board of aldermen races were clearly closer this time uh, there was actually a recount in the first ward uh and they were closer in the second ward they made inroads they won a second ward spot and then uh the, the board of ed which i uh, you know which i'm on and i and i used to be chair and i won't be chair after december 4th which is cool i mean that's how this works I'm a big boy, but, uh, but, uh, you know, it, last year, the Republicans won the fifth spot by 18 this year, we lost by 11. I mean, so the, it's really, the neither side could claim big leaps and bounds, uh, pretty much the same as 2019 rich, clearly confounded political wisdom. And for the most part, everything's the same. Yeah. And one thing about the second ward, that's the ward I'm in. And from what I understand, it is a big deal for a Republican to win a seat from the second ward. And we're talking about, uh, Gino DiGiovanni won that because isn't the second ward the most heavily democratic in a, in a pretty much uh, democratic city without question because the first ward 
tends to go on the other side of, of Derby Avenue, up by Prindle Avenue, Academy Hill. So typically, the second ward is the is the hardest for a Republican to make inroads in. Typically, it's it's where we do worse. So to see Rich uh, uh, have pull, be able to you know make some make some ground there was big. And then Gino Giovanni, who just did the work. I mean, went door to door. Really shows what grassroots advocacy could do. That kid just the guy just went door to door. In my ward, it looked like he was running for mayor. Oh my God, he crushed it. He did the work. He deserved to win. Uh, and and really, Republicans nationally, uh, tend the Valley tends to do well, both in governor elections and presidential elections, as far as Republicans concerned. Uh, Gino is somebody who could certainly uh, uh, stay around and do some work here. And uh, I should just note, you might have heard my do- my kids just got back. I kind of messed up communication-wise. My kids just got their their COVID shots, their first COVID shot. So I'm excited about that. But it's right. chaos around me right now. So I apologize. We got the dog vaccinated. Everybody's vaccinated now. Uh, but Mr. Miller, so uh, what was your impression of or any key takeaways from last week's local elections? And I'm talking uh, Seymour and Sonia and Derby specifically. I don't know if you're in your... I mean, it's not really a newfound position anymore, but as the financial guru, top bean counter in the city of Ansonia, I don't know how much you can say, but what do you think? Well, I think to Jim's point, it goes to the harder a candidate works, the better the results are going to be. And I, I couldn't agree with him more. I mean, while Zeke is a good friend of mine, you know, three months ago, I would agree. I thought he was in trouble. Just the way that derby voting cycles go. Uh, but to see the work and the effort that he put in, I don't think he's ever campaigned harder. And I think the results speak for themselves. If you look in Ansonia, um, you know, obviously Mayor Cassetti had no opponent, but I think there was a lot of uh, uncertainty in a few of the ward races. I think a few of the wards were certainly up for grabs based on some local issues that have been going on. But Ooh, like you mean like the fifth ward with rock crushing, rock crushing and things like that. Uh, But if you look at the effort that Mayor Cassetti led door to door, uh, getting out, talking to the people, discussing about the fact that this is a team concept, you know, and the alderman right there with him, I think just shows the effort and hard work getting out, connecting to the people, retail politics, shaking hands, you know, really helps. Seymour is kind of a a bit of a different animal. Um, You know, it's it's a very strong Republican town. Uh, but with that being said, you know, Amory Dragonis, the, the new first select woman, she was out banging doors as well. Again, no opponent, uh, had a strong board of selectmen with her, but they still got out, did the work, uh, got the message out and, and won in a landslide. So I think it just proves the harder you work, the more effort you put in to connect with the residents, the better off you're going to be. Here's an incredibly biased question, uh, only because I'm on Facebook all the time. I live on Facebook. Uh, and it's slowly eating away at my soul every day. But when I look at like the city of Ansonia and Mayor Cassetti, it is constant Mayor Cassetti doing this post, Mayor Cassetti doing that. There's like an Ed Koch, how am I doing vibe about it. Uh, how important is a Facebook page in 2021 in a municipal election? Because I mean, from my perspective, I wonder sometimes, uh, you know, is it just, is that a reelection tool? Or is there a vast majority of residents not on Facebook and they don't care about that stuff? Is it time? Is there supposed to be? Are there official rules with how you use an official uh, city Facebook page? I don't think at this point there's one specific magic bullet. 
Um, I think Jim would agree. You you have to try to connect with as many people as many different ways. My dog, my dog Sophie agrees as well. I don't know if you can hear that. Well, I mean, Sophie's a smart dog. Um, <laughs> you know, but text, here at the Valley Indy. You know, text messaging, phone calls, um, you know, social media use. I think it's all important because you're going to connect with people different ways. And I know a lot of the things that, you know, Mayor Cassetti does, they're fun. Um, you know, people get to know the real Mayor Cassetti when he's doing some of these wacky videos. But I think it connects with a lot of the residents saying, hey, this is a regular guy. He's just like me. He has the same problems and concerns that I have. He cares about what I care about. I, I think it's a great tool. I think the way the mayor uses it uh, is a fantastic thing. But Eugene, if I can throw a shameless plug in for the town of Seymour. Yeah. What is yeah. the first town that had a true active and strong Facebook page? Absolutely. more back to 2011. So that's, we're, why we're I thought I that. that, that's exactly why I, I asked that question because yeah, and I've said this a million times and it's not about the Valley Indy, but we launched in 2009. There were police departments that said to me, I will not answer your question. If that information comes from Facebook, there right. were towns went where the other way I would get things from the city of Ansonia where officials would say, uh, well, you know, that's not a resident. They thought everybody, everybody on Facebook was fake. And it's, right. it's, it's a, a complete 180 where now the, I mean, city of Ansonia actively uses its Facebook page to step on the throat and, and stab the daggers into the Valley India. I get what's going on there, Kurt. Don't worry. My feelings aren't hurt, but oh, uh, yeah, that's why I asked you about it. I'm being, I'm being dramatic. The Valley India is the city of Ansonia's favorite news publication. Online. Online. On the Housatonic. Within a one-mile radius of O'Sullivan's Island, I am number one. To Exactly. All right, speaking of Mayor Cassetti, here's another little, a little, a little tease of what we're going to be getting to later. This is, I, I label this half Cassetti. This needs to happen. I'm, I'm telling you, if Derby doesn't do this, honest to God, Melissa, they are looking at 50, 60 mil uh, uh, rate in their town in the next five to 10 years. They're going nowhere and they need to merge with us. And, 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 and uh, the board of all the members, now there's some new members, need to get off their keisters and get this done. So, okay, so we're, we'll, we'll come back to that one second. And that's from uh, Melissa in the morning on WICC. I, I pulled the clip from there. Hopefully it's fair use and I don't wind up in federal court. But uh, before we get to uh, the mayor and his regionalization plans, on WICC. The other uh, story, like political-wise, this week was uh, in the Hartford Current. They published the story, I think, on Monday. What's today? Monday? No, it was Tuesday. It was Tuesday, November 9th. And let me bring it up because I don't want to misquote it. But, uh, but uh, they published a story Tuesday saying State Rep. Cara Rochelle, who represents Derby and Ansonia in the state legislature, was hired as a consultant on a firehouse project in West Haven, by Michael Damasa, he's a West Haven City Hall and state lawmaker who was accused in October by federal officials of stealing more than $600,000 in COVID-19 relief money. Damasa has since resigned his position and his court case is pending in federal court. Now, uh, there's nothing saying in any of the court documents or anything that's been reported in the media that Rep. Rochelle is connected in any way to the alleged wrongdoing of Damasa in West Haven, but media outlets, ones that cover the state government beat, such as the CT Mirror and The Current, and the reporter here was Ed, Mah Ed Mahoney, specifically a veteran investigative reporter, they've been asking questions and submitting FOI requests just to get a handle on 
what's been going on in the city of West Haven in terms of how they've been spending their federal COVID-19 relief money. So out of that comes the fact that Rochelle was hired as a consultant on this firehouse job. Uh, and before, I, I mean, my question here is that, I mean, this is posted on, uh, Rochelle sent me a statement yesterday sort of reacting to this story. I posted it a short time ago on Valley Indie Facebook, and there's sort of, uh, there's debate going on pro and con about this thing. So I'm wondering if there's going to be any long-term political fallout possibly from this. But before I throw it to you guys, let me just conclude by reading the statement that Rochelle sent to me yesterday, and I'm sorry to blab on, but it's, it's, a, it's a story. Uh, she said, I was hired to work on an important public safety project, and that is what I did, period. I did not seek any additional compensation. And that was a point that uh, the current had raised, but apparently it was an error, and they updated their story, took that part out, and was shocked by Michael Damas's arrest as anyone. I've been a leading advocate for upgrading and modernizing regional emergency response, and it made perfect sense to assist the city of West Haven and Allentown Fire Department in the initial phase of planning for a new firehouse. Working closely with the West Haven fire chiefs and other stakeholders, we made progress on this important project. While I've had no involvement in West Haven's funding process, I do hope the city will continue to move this important project forward. So. Kurt Miller, I'll ask you first, uh, as sort of a veteran of uh, the Valley Republican Party, what do you think this means for Rochelle? Or, I mean, obviously, the Ansonia GOP was not happy about this, but they were definitely throwing daggers when this news broke yesterday. Right. Well, I, I mean, listen, I think that's the natural reaction. I mean, this is the nature of the beast. Um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, but, you know, it, it certainly raises some questions um, as to why the money was being, well, it raises two questions. First, the city of West Haven, let's, let's start there. Um, you know, I think their, their financial mess speaks for itself. And the fact that the residents there chose to put the exact same people back in office just blows my mind when these financial problems have been going on for years. Uh, towns and cities, at least the ones that I've been speaking with, and you know, Eugene, because we've talked about this in the past, we're extremely diligent about this AARP money and making sure, or ARRP money, excuse me, um, about how it's being categorized, how it's being spent. There's very specific codes. There's very specific rules to follow. And the fact that West Haven chose to spend the money they, the way they did is just absolutely outrageous. I mean, a parade and these other things, but that aside, you know, and, and no disrespect to representative Rochelle, but I'm not hundred percent sure how she can pass herself off as an expert um, in this field. I mean, the Valley fire school, we've been hoping to have this for years. Um, representative Rochelle and governor Lamont campaigned specifically in Derby during the campaign saying that we understand the fire school needs to be put here. We fully support it. We're going to get it done. And here we are, how many years later, and there's no Valley Fire School. And you and I both know, Eugene, that comes from the bond agenda, which is controlled by the governor. So I would prefer- hey, Rochelle said, I mean, she said time and again that it's up, Lamont's got to put that on, on the agenda. It all 
lies personally with the governor. But if, you, if you're going to put yourself out as an expert and go to work in other communities and charge a fee, don't you think you should have some success behind that? So that kind of leads to the question, well, then why did this representative, not here Rochelle, but the other one, who made some questionable financial decisions, why did he reach out specifically to CARE? And, you know, that begs some questions. I, I honestly think that CARE should be sitting down with Mayor Cassetti, Mayor Zekin, the two mayors of the communities that she represents, and having a full-blown conversation with the two of them and reviewing what happened, the steps that were led to. Um, and that, to my knowledge, that conversation has not taken place yet. I don't even believe a phone call has been made by Representative Rochelle's office to either mayor, to my knowledge. And Jim, maybe you can speak about Derby, but it definitely hasn't happened in Ansonia as of yet. And I guess my, my only follow-up question is, do you think, uh, I mean, I'm looking, I was thinking of Representative Perillo over in Shelton had a spate of very <clears throat> bad press over the last year or so, I believe with the campaign fine, I don't remember exactly what it was. Uh, one had to do with uh, uh, COVID, it, it, or no, I'm sorry, uh, COVID tests, I think it was, uh, with High, High Watch, the recovery center. My point being, it, it seemed to be two really negative stories that made him look bad, that were perceived to make him look bad, but it seemed to have, or it's, it doesn't have any effect on the electorate. Is that the same here? I mean, the people on my Facebook page Right now, one guy just put lock her up. That guy wasn't going to vote for Cara Rochelle in a hundred years anyway. So does this, in the long run, does this matter other than bad press? Will anything come of it? Do I think anything will ultimately come of it? No, but uh, you know, I think Representative Perillo was was forthcoming. Um, You know, he talked a little bit about the issue at hand. I don't think he shied away with away from it. And I think Representative Rochelle should do the exact same thing. I think she should hit it head on. She should share her side of the story. Um, you know, kind of what she thought was happening, what she expected to happen. Um, and, you know, we move on from there and the residents make their decision. But, you know, when it comes to money like that and the use of federal dollars and the use of state dollars, um, I just think it's something that people are going to want to get a better understanding of. And quite honestly, I don't think the press release that she put out uh, comes even close to addressing the situation in any way. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, you know, it's my, my, I just want to wait a little bit. So first and foremost, I, I really think that uh, it's really early to tell whether it will do damage. Um, I, think, I think there's more information that probably needs to come out. Uh, I think that understanding what the finished body of work was. Uh, so you were paid a fee. I think it's important to know, well, here was my finished product. Here is what I did for that money. I think people want to know that the finished product matches the the financial investment that was made. Uh, what, what did $5,000 worth of work do? What did it get you? Uh, so I think questions like that need to come out. I think uh, questions like that need to be answered. Clearly, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, uh, I would not be, the, I would not want to be the person who got paid money from former represent, representative Damasa. I would not want to be that person with an election in a year. I'm just going to be forthright about that. But, but getting questions answered to curse Kurt's point is going to be critical, knowing, hey, I charge $5,000 and here's what I got. I mean, the average guy who does business, you know, whether you're Bigelow T, you pay a consultant to design, uh, to design, you know, a mezzanine for you. There's work, there's, there's, there's a body of work, there's an engineering report, there's drawings. And, and so I, I think there's some, certainly some more questions that need to be answered uh, exactly what that $5,000 got. 
And I should also note for the record, I did not independently confirm anything that the current did, but I do have FOI requests in to the city of West Haven to try to do my own reporting uh, on this. Uh, I guess the other question I have, given this marching band stuff and and a series of stories from CT Mirror and and the current, I'm surprised at this point, every local government, and maybe Kurt, you can speak to this, where's the list? Where's the proactive list of, hey, we're clean. Here's exactly how we spent every penny of this uh, COVID cash uh, that we got from the faucet that is the federal government. Why hasn't that happened yet? Well, there, you know, there, there's two types of money. Um, you know, the COVID funding that West Haven is having the issue with is was reported or tracked differently than this new new pool of money. You know, these big pools of money, um, and a lot of it came from a recent audit that we had to do through OPM, where there was a series of categories, and we had to put in specific dollar amounts into the different categories, and then provide backup. Um, so, in you know, in Sonia's case, we spent a lot of that money on overtime for okay. Uh, I saw that list responders, then. Okay. things like that. So, you know, th- I think this is what caught West Haven up is when you had to justify where those expenses uh, come from. It kind of shines a light on it. With the new funds uh, from the American Recovery Act, it's very specific. Where I have any money that's been spent by the city of Ansonia, I have the specific re- reporting code. Right there. So when we do have to do the first round of reports that are due at the end of the first quarter of 22, um, we're able to do that. So we can justify right away exactly what's been spent, um, you know, what category it matches to, why it's being used. We have the receipts, all the documentation ties together. And I think that's just, you know, what you need to do. But just to circle back on, you know, the whole issue of Representative Rochelle, I mean, Eugene, you know what I had to go through, what, three years ago? When I did some consulting work when I was still the first selectman to see more for the city of Ansonia on the budget, and I was paid, uh, you know, a sum of money for the Pretty work good. that I did. And, you know, I had to justify everything that I did. I was on your podcast, you know, I, I was on social media, a newspaper, whatever it was, it was a big to do. And that was a very specific job where, I, to Jim's point, I handed in a specific work product and got paid. I would expect that Representative Rochelle would share the same thing. I don't think there's any difference between what I had to go through versus what she's going through now. I think she should produce that work product and say, hey, I was paid $5,000. And for that $5,000, this is what I did. I said it when I had the time, I was paid $30,000. And this is the work product that I produced. And that's where we are. Yeah, perhaps she'll do that. I should just note again that I didn't invite Representative Rochelle uh, onto this broadcast, but I just want to point out again that the statement she she made, she says she has no involvement in West Haven's funding process. Just to point out to people, what she's saying there is that she did a job and got paid. It's not like they said, oh, by the way, here's the COVID money we're uh, we're paying you with. Just just to, to say that because she's not on here. And, no, and I agree. And I, I think her and I are saying the same thing. You know, yeah. if, if you, got paid, you guys are saying uh, that. I'm no, just doing that for no, my own. I know, but if you got paid... Yeah, if you got paid a sum of money, you need to produce the. Uh, well, you need to show what you did for that money. I mean, it's public money, it's taxpayer money, and I think that's a reasonable request. And you know, and, and, not, and not that it's my place to defend her, but she's not going to know specifically how she's being paid. If this former that's representative approached her and said, "Hey, we'd like to hire you to do this work," 
And she said, agrees to that. And the city of West Haven writes her a check. She's not going to know what account that check is coming from. So, but because she hasn't shown her work product or explained what she's done, because of the cloud that's hanging over this, that's, I think, what's causing some of this issue. So, to, Jim, you know, to Jim's point, she produces that work product. This is what I did. This is what I was paid. I think she could probably put all this to bed for herself, but she hasn't done that as of yet. And I think that's where the problems are coming in. I think she just needs to be forthcoming and, and put that information out there. And Kurt, her opponent may be David Papson. Have you heard that as well? Uh, I, I have not. Um, I just tried to trick you into saying it. I, my, my inkling, I mean, so based on some Twitter interactions I had, you know, I have Kurt, a feeling... I'm sorry, Kurt's a seasoned politician. He's, he, he's not going to fall for that. He, he didn't, he's he didn't seasoned. He didn't do it at all. But, <laughs> but I, you, did, I, I, you know what I did this afternoon? I spent some time looking at apartments in Ansonia. Hey, there's a few nice ones in Derby, Kurt. Oh, I'm just oh, oh okay. Yeah. I just got that. Oh, you're going to run, Kurt? Well, well, I, didn't say that. I, I just said I'm looking at some potential real estate I mean, in Antonia and maybe Derby now. To, to yeah, the, the 105th goes to Derby. You know, hey, you can have this. Hey, if you can have this room, I'll press pause and we'll keep it out of the building department. You can come rent my basement. I'll give it to you for 1500 a month. Uh, but my Listen, question G, no, is, no, no disrespect to Mr. Papson. Kurt is a significantly better candidate. Uh -oh. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm retired, but I, I think uh, I think Dave is just having a a little bit of fun with that but you know hey you never know down the road a, a you know a sharp kid like david could could run for something and my point know. being uh that rochelle i mean she cleaned the clock of the last two opponents they put up against her and i know this is a seat the republicans uh want to win is this is this gonna have you heard anything about other republicans stepping up and i mentioned david papson because i just that was just a feeling I saw. I don't know. I, I was just, it's kind of rumor mongering, but is anybody stepping up because of this to say, okay, yeah, I'm going to run. Kurt, are you in Ansonia City Hall, which is sort of the pulse, although you're not involved specifically in the political side of things. I mean, I, I've heard. At the water cooler. I've heard three or right four names. Yeah, the, there is one behind me. Um, I've heard three or four names kicked around that I think would be very formidable opponents. John Marini? Uh, next, next November. Is John Marini one of them, the Ansonia Corporation Council, former board of aldermen member? Is he one of the names that's been kicked around? Yeah, bad movie I lover. Think, I think there's a lot of people that would love to see John run. Um, I'm just not sure what's in the, the future for him, if that's something that he'd like to do. John and I have never specifically talked about it, but I think uh, that would be a, a great name. Listen, I think Mayor Cassetti, Mayor Zekin, I think would be strong candidates as well if they want to do that and a few other people as well so i think there's a a nice bench of people on the republican side that i think if one of them decided to step forward i think it would be a, a, they'd be strong challengers uh to representative rochelle jim are people even thinking about uh, the, i mean you just had an election uh, last week in derby so are, are people even thinking about the state reps race coming yes up? Absolutely. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Eugene, those conversations started at 9 p.m. last Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Can I answer still, that too quick? <laughs> that's right. This is what we do. So what are you hearing then, Jim? I mean, you supported Rich, uh, Kara Rochelle two years ago. Am I right? I did. I did. 
uh, a lot of people in Derby were excited as that, I got to say. Uh, so, uh, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I really look at it as an Ansonia seat uh, for certain. I know there's part of Derby in there, but Derby's broken up into three ways. That's an Ansonia seat. Uh, I really think it has to be, a, a you know, if, if, if I was a political strategist, which I'm not, I would tell you that that has to be a, a, a strong Republican coming out of Ansonia would have the best shot to win that seat. And Eugene, too, the other thing you got to keep in mind is don't forget the state legislature is looking at redistricting at this point. Um, you know, based on the census, they're moving some of these districts around. There's going to be some slight shifts. Uh, so, you know, there's the potential to see, uh, you know, where the 104th may have a portion of, of Derby. It may not have that. Uh, you know, uh, the 105th may get expanded. You know, you can move some of these districts around, and I think that's going to have uh, a big play in this as well, because if you look at, uh, you know, and Ansonia as an example, if you pull one of the districts away, that maybe, let's say it's the first district, which is the one closest to Seymour. So let's say that got spun off into the 105th. Now that takes away some of the strength of the Democratic Party in Ansonia and probably favors a little bit more the Republicans because of the strength up on the hill. So I think you know, until that all shakes out in the next couple months, um, I think it's kind of a wait and see. And then we can determine at that point who's the strongest candidates and, and things like that. I, I would agree with Kurt uh, in that if, if the 105th changes, I think in the end, it's too early to tell, but I think it becomes a more Republican district. If, for instance, they expand it up into Derby, into the hill, because right now the 105th ends at Derby Avenue. Yep. So if they extend that up a little bit more into the hill, it then becomes more Republican. So I do think that what happens to that district will certainly be interesting for certain. Those are good points. I'm a big 105th supporter going to call players teacher. All right. So uh, myself was a plug. <laughs> for the, my friend. The last. Uh, well, gee, so didn't she run on a pose last time? Uh, she did run on a post, but you want to talk about no, no, she really, I'm sorry, that was a joke. Oh no, that's right. No, she did have an opponent, yeah, in the last time. But there's a there's oh, wait a second. All here. right, her opponent was Chris Bowen, ladies <laughs> yeah, and gentlemen. No, no, I'm I, sorry. I love Chris. I love Chris. I was just joking, Chris. If you're listening, I'm joking. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna catch some grief for that <laughs> um from Chris, but but there's another person. Nicole is an animal when it comes to campaigning. She will knock literally thousands of doors, whether she needs to or not. It's just, you know, getting back to what we talked about earlier, the retail politics of it, Nicole excels in that area. So she gets out and sees the residents, talks to them, has the conversations. I think that's a spot because of the way she works that she'll have for a long time. Agree. All right. Let's play this clip now. This is uh, Mayor David Cassetti of Ansonia. He appeared on Melissa in the Morning, which is a morning show on WICC that wants nothing to do with me uh, or the Valley Indy. Uh, he, he was on, he makes uh, uh, regular appearances. His staff, a Mayor Cassetti staff, describes him as a media darling. And he's talking about there is this plan afoot, right? Ansonia has this beautiful new police station. Uh, I was in it yesterday. Uh, and, uh, it, it is something, although, man, let me tell you, like, you got to walk up those stairs. You got to get some signs in there, Kurt. Cause I don't know where I was going. And, uh, uh that those stairs were, they were a lot on me. All right. I wasn't looking right. to run a marathon, but it's a beautiful view of main street now, uh, yeah. from the police department. Uh, I guess that's neither here nor there, but it is. And, and anyway, so the, the what's also going to go in there 
Uh, and I guess work is going to start soon. They're still, they have to sign a contract soon. The city of Ansonia does, according to Sheila O'Malley's statement she made at last night's November 9th Board of Aldermen meeting, to get a senior center in there. Part of the building is going to be uh, a senior center. It's an existing building that's been retrofitted and, and refurbished uh, right. and all that good stuff. So as part of that plan, you know, Derby and Ansonia have been talking about possibly merging a senior center since at least 2009. Coon Hollow Road in Derby was once discussed. Uh, basically, yeah, every project in Derby or Ansonia over the years, uh, but it's, it's just never happened. But now there's a, a proposal on the table and the Derby Board of Aldermen have been meeting in an executive session, but haven't come to a decision uh, either way at this point where the city of Derby would pay, I believe the number was $300,000 up front to send their seniors to the new Ansonia Senior Center. And then they would split costs. The two cities would split costs going forward. Mayor Zekin supports this in Derby. He says, and uh, the head of the senior center in Derby says that the building they have right now just isn't workable. It's it's uh, right there on Main Street. Uh, there's no parking. You got to go to the parking garage. It, it presents a number of issues that would go away if they move to Derby. However, they just haven't made the decision yet. They haven't decided. Derby Board of Aldermen and Women, whether uh, to give this the green light or not. So Melissa brought this up on her show. And here, this is a one minute clip uh, that I labeled full Cassetti. Here it is. Who was on the other foot? We would, we would wholeheartedly move with Derby. We would do that. I don't, I, you know, we, we share a lot of services with Derby, the pumps, the salt shed, um, uh, a few other things. And I told my staff, I said, the bottom line is this. If Derby doesn't come in with us, which would be the monumental mistake on the part of Derby, not to come with us, I am cutting everything out with Derby. I am taking away the fuel. I am taking away the salt shed. I'm taking everything away from them. They're Wait, not going really? to have them use. Wow. Absolutely. Come on. This, this is monumental. The city of Derby, the people of Derby need to merge with Ansonia and the senior center. This is something that I've been pushing for for years about regionalization, whether it's the school system, the police department, the public works, the, the senior center. This needs to happen. I'm, I'm telling you, if Derby doesn't do this, honest to God, Melissa, they are looking at 50, 60 mil uh, uh, rate in their town in the next five to 10 years. They're going nowhere, and they need to merge with us. And, and, and uh, the board of aldermen members, now there's some new members, need to get off their keisters and get this done. And I want it done before the end of the year. I've already got the bids in for the, uh, for the um, senior center. I'm ready to award it, and it'll probably take three to four months to renovate, and then we'll get them people in. Oh, those are fighting words. <laughs> that, that's yeah, a lot well, of passion. Come on. Yeah. Enough, is, enough is enough. Let's throw the politics aside. Let's get to the side. I'm a businessman. You know, I'm not, I'm not a politician. I never claimed to be one. I'm a businessman. I believe in getting things done. Do things for the people and get it done. Okay, so I'll ask you, uh, Jim Gilday, as a lifelong uh, Derby resident and an elected official there, what is your reaction? Uh, well, first... Uh, nobody in 2021 uses the word keister anymore. <laughs> so, so first and foremost, uh, we need to talk to Dave about that. Uh, so so uh, a couple of things I would say. Um, you know, um, Dave, 
operates, in my opinion, best when he operates as kind of an elder statesman. And every now and then he slips back into the golden glove boxer, which which my own opinion doesn't suit him well. Um, uh, I've certainly seen the elder statement side of him and, and I've seen the boxer side. So so first and foremost, I don't think it's his best uh, look. Uh, having said that, you know, certainly I think he's trying to light a fire under the border of the new border alderman i think he's trying to spur action and 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 he's passionate and so i think he probably let the passion get the most of him i would disagree uh, with a few things first i would disagree with the 50 uh, mill rate if we if, if we don't join in uh certainly we have a whole bunch of things happening in our downtown but separate into the core of the senior citizen center i do think our seniors uh want that i do think there's many good reasons for doing that i think uh there's some negotiations that need to work I'm not entirely sure that's the most effective way to negotiate, truthfully. He probably did more harm than good. Uh, hopefully, uh, cooler heads will prevail, um, and, and, and we'll kind of get back to working through some of the points that need to be negotiated and worked out. I still am an optimist and think at the end of the day, uh, uh, you know, we do need to be sharing services. Uh, this, this could be a win-win. It's just working through some of the issues. So this morning, and then I'll throw it to Kurt to talk about his boss, but this morning... I reached out to uh, Derby Mayor Rich Zekin and six members of the Derby Board of Aldermen. And I got to be honest with you, I, I thought this was a softball teed up for Derby Democrats, but only one person responded uh, to my email, and it was Alderman Rob Heider, who's uh, unaffiliated but ran with the Republicans and was uh, Mayor Zekin's campaign manager. He's speaking just, uh, as far as I know, for himself here. He said... At the end of the day, I am confident all members of Derby's board of older men slash older women want what is best for our seniors, while also keeping in mind what is best for Derby as a whole. If we ultimately approve the merger of the two senior centers, it most certainly will not be because other shared services between the two municipalities were threatened to be taken away by a mayor from another city. It is unfortunate that the mayor of Ansonia stated that, quote, Derby is going nowhere, unquote, and he talks about our mill rate rising if we do not do what he wants. His statements do not represent the foundation of a trusting and collaborative relationship. Derby has enjoyed a good working relationship with Ansonia, but inflammatory remarks such as these from Mayor Cassetti are only detrimental to the two communities continuing to work together. So, uh, I... Kurt, I guess my question, I don't even know how to uh, pose this uh, to you, but I guess i guess my question would be, why does Mayor Cassetti, they can do, Antonia has a senior center, they have that beautiful new building. Mm -hmm. If Derby says no, who cares? Why is the mayor, so from from the Ansonia's perspective, they're going to do it either way. Why, who cares if Derby joins? I mean, the, listen, the, the mayor strongly believes in regionalization. I mean, he's talked about it for years. But isn't this an uh, argument against it? Because if I can say, all right, I, I'm a resident of Derby, and the last thing, all right, we're going to regionalize, and then it's going to be used as a threat? It's not a it's not a fight against regionalization. It's a fight against the politics that are unfortunately going on in the city of Derby. You have your residents that say they want it. You have your mayor who says that he wants it. You have your senior director and other people that say they want it. But it can't even get a discussion or any time at all from the board of aldermen that is controlled by the Democrats. And is that because they didn't want during a campaign the mayor to get a win 
and something that the people want done. So I think Mayor Cassetti was, was very strong in his wording, where he pointed the finger directly at the Board of Aldermen and said, stop with the politics, do your job. Now, there's other aspects of this that people may not be aware of and things that we've been discussing in the background, things like the gas pumps, things like the salt shed that the city of Ansonia has allowed the city of Derby to essentially use completely free. And what the mayor is saying, and again, he said it in his own way, and you know, I agree with Jim, he's got a little different style than most, but what he was essentially was saying is that it, it's okay to partner with Ansonia when things are free and they're easy, but when there's some you know, potential political benefit, certain members of the Derby Board of Aldermen want to throw their hands up and be obstructionists. So what his point was, listen, if you, you were going to do this, we're going to do this. And if you're not, then say so, and we can move on. But there needs to be a carrot and a stick because this has been going on for months and still nothing from the Derby Board of Aldermen. And this cannot be laid on Mayor Zekin because I've had personal conversation with Mayor Zekin. He understands that this is important. He understands that this is something that needs to get done. But unfortunately, he's being blocked for political reasons by the Derby Board of Aldermen. And quite honestly, I applaud Mayor Cassetti for calling them out on that and putting their feet to the fire. Now, mysteriously, it's, it's going to come up and they're going to discuss it at the next Board of Aldermen meeting, is my understanding. Why? Because the election's over? The residents of Derby deserve better than that. That's all I'm going to say. I would just like to to, to, to say one thing, Gene, um, you know, because I have lived in this town, you know, a long time and, and, and I will say, um, and, and so I have a, a tremendous amount of respect for Kurt. Uh, there are, there are people on that board of aldermen, the Ron Sills, the Barbara DeGeneres, the Linda Fusco's coming onto that board, the Anita Dugatos. I mean, they, they love Derby uh, and, and, and they will do, ultimately they will do what's best for the city of Derby. But there are some, and again, I, you know, this isn't, and, and I don't mean to, to, you know, um, You'll be argumentative, but this is not a cut and dry. Hey, let's move into the senior. There's some legal issues there. There's some things. There's money up front. There's there's other legal issues that that you know that it takes time to review. And um, so I, I won't deny that perhaps there was a, a, a month lapse or so because of the election. I'm just going to tell you, there's good people on that board, Alderman from both parties. Um, you know, Rob was certainly a big Ridgeekin fan, and he would tell you there's a few things they have to work through. So, um, so I just think there's a few things that need to be worked through. I believe that there's good people on the great thing about Derby, and I mean this from the, from the bottom of my heart, is once the election's over, and I think this is like any other town. Once the election's over, we put this stuff behind us and we work for the best part of the city of Derby. So there's good there's good people on that board, Alderman. I really feel like they'll they'll they'll, they'll work together. Uh, again, uh, the, you know, Dave's language probably not necessary. He will always operate better as an elder statesman, but he is who he is. And I do believe that uh, uh, you know the people on the board, Alderman and Derby, regardless of party, will do its best for the city of Derby. Yeah. What do you think? Uh... I mean, my impression is based on the discussions that I've heard, and I've also heard that there was a there was an effort, perhaps, or at least the Republicans said there was an effort not to have anything really come up before the election. There was some jockeying, and neither side wanted the other side to get a feather in their cap uh, going into uh, November second. But it seems to me like this is probably I would isn't there like a ninety percent chance that the aldermen are going to meet and. And approve this? Is that what you're hearing, Jim? 
I don't want, you know, I, I'm not in the board alderman, so I, I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, make it seem, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to handicap it, but I do, th I do think to Kurt's point, the director of the senior citizen, the senior citizen center wants it. When they discussed it at a board alderman meeting, the seniors came out in force and supported it. Uh, so again, I do believe that it's just a matter of getting an agreement that is uh, conducive to both sides, uh, a, a, an agreement that both sides uh, are happy with. Um, and um, uh, moving forward. I do think we need to share services. I think we should expand it even further. I think we should be looking at water pollution control authorities. I mean, I think we should be looking at transportation. I mean, there's a whole host of things. So to, to Kurt's point, I would agree with, with, with Dave. Uh, I do think that you really, we have to stop operating as 169 cities in the state of Connecticut and start to try to uh, share services where we can, so. And uh, the other thing I should mention, and correct me if I'm wrong, but also, President of the Board of Aldermen, a Democrat, Joe DiMartino, who just ran for mayor, supports this merger as well. I read uh, that. In a, I read that in a brochure once. Well, you did me. podcast. Go back a couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, but Eugene, let, let me push back on that. If that was the case, then if they truly supported it, then what's taking so long to have a vote? And if, if nothing else, you know. The Board of Aldermen should be empowering Mayor Zekin to meet with Mayor Cassetti to iron out the details to bring back to the two prospective boards, to Jim's point, to then allow them to vote on the specifics. They haven't even empowered Mayor Zekin to do that. Why is that? We're not even looking for an agreement. We're looking for an opportunity to sit down and, and have the discussion. I mean, I've had some discussions with with Mayor Zekin on behalf of Ansonia, which, you know, Mayor Cassetti asked me to do. And we kind of talked through some things. And, you know, even some of the initial numbers that were thrown around that, you know, the Derby folks are saying, hey, we're going to stick to those. I tried to explain to Mayor Zekin why you don't want to do that. That, look, you need to look at it this way, because in the long term, it's a better deal for Derby. And Mayor Zekin understands that. And that's what he'd like to be moving forward with. But again, he can't even get that authority from the Board of Aldermen. Oh, some of this so is they, interesting because some of what you just said is totally news to me because on the Derby end, these discussions, as far as I know, are happening in executive session, which is uh, bureaucratic talk for secret, which they're allowed to do because I guess it's a contract and all that. But I, I mean, you could probably have these in, in public as well because it's just two municipalities. It's all public money at the end of the day. I don't really... Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm showing my bias here, but I don't understand why these have to go into executive session if it's all public money. But uh, I right. just brought up some stuff that I wasn't aware of. So It's but, a simple thing. They can just vote to empower him to just start having these discussions to bring a tentative agreement back to the board for final say. We'd have to do the same so thing in Anthony as well. The important thing here is that I have good audio for our listeners uh, in the podcast at the end of the day. That's what comes I also think it's important that Kurt, I also think it's important that my beard is not nearly as gray as Kurt's. Yeah. Well, you actually have more hair than I do. As well. <laughs> 11 years ago, I had a full head of black hair, if you can imagine. Nice. 10 years as first selectman, and I'm bald and gray. Yeah, I have the photos to prove it. In my, well, my you've, 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 you've left a good foundation there. Henry didn't have to even run against anybody. Well, you're a great team of people, and it makes it easy. You know, it's funny. I tried to use a, a, a picture for one of her mailers, and it got, it got blasted out because they said, you don't look like that anymore. You can't use it. <laughs> 
We have a let's end on a positive note for the city of Ansonia because uh, I did uh, muck it up a little bit. You did. Um, you were a little rough on us today. I don't know. Well, it's, you know. No, either way, we, I get called biased. At this point, I'm like, either way, people have a problem, so I might as well just do. That only means you're doing something right, Gene. Yeah. It's all yeah. as long as fifty percent of the of the readership and listeners are angry at me. That's that's the there job. I've accepted that. Even though I, I agree. Skin. But and Sony is moving forward with a splash pad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> which is an, an obsessive topic with me, unfortunately. Uh, but I do have a story coming that, I mean, this thing went from zero to 60 between August uh, and October. Uh, and part of it is because uh, Cassetti moved it forward. He's he made it a priority, yep. and uh, at the same time, you have the the federal money coming down, and you're allowed to use some of that money for recreation. And so, Ansonia is redoing a, a playground at Nolan Field that needs redoing, yep. tennis courts that need to be redone, uh, and basketball courts uh, that need work, with the addition of a firefighter themed splash pad. So, from what I understand, Kurt. Tomorrow, no, Thursday, no, Friday, Friday the 12th, you'll get some definite prices as to what this is going to cost, right? Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that's, that's the expectation. I mean, this is the splash pad is something that the residents have been talking about for, it seems like forever, at least since I've been here. And it's something that Mayor Cassetti as well has been talking about, something that he'd like to get done. But the concern had always been, you know, where is the funding going to come from with the different priorities and things that we had? And as we were going through, uh, you know, amazingly enough, the money from the American Recovery Plan, one of the categories, and um, I have it, I had it pulled up uh, for us. Now I have to find it. Um, actually, talks about what we could use that money for, and it's um, three point one three social uh, deterrence to help other. So this actually falls right into that category. So, you know, I brought that to Mayor Cassetti's attention and he said, let's go. And at that point, just move this right forward. This is what the residents have been asking for. Let's get it done. Plus, it, it, it's kind of a gateway into the city of Ansonia. It's one of, the, yeah. it's one of the first things you see when you come through Ansonia. So, you know, the, the vision of, you know, John and Sheila and a few other people to tie the firefighter theme in. You know, there's a lot of pride in Ansonia and its different firehouses. Uh, kind of recognizing all of that with this. I think this is going to be a great project. So, um, you know, we're on target, like you mentioned, to get the quotes on Friday. Uh, assuming all goes well with those, we'll be able to move forward with signing some, some contracts uh, once we run those by the Board of Aldermen. And hopefully uh, by late spring, early summer, barring any unforeseen circumstances, this uh, redo um, should be completed and the residents will be able to enjoy a, a great new upgrade to the a park cape at uh, Nolan Field. Yeah, I think it's great. So kudos to the city of Ansonia for, for doing that. And uh, let's get on it, Derby. Come on. I need one for my kids. It's hot in the summer. Well, why, don't we just, why don't we just regionalize the splash pad? Oh. <laughs> how easy it is. Jim and I can get all this stuff done. There'd be no problem. All right. Wait, That's hold on. It. Are we not going to talk about that crazy political financing article that you wrote that you and I went round and round on one day. Well, via I, I mean, I didn't want to bring it up. I, I mean, we could, I didn't think uh, you wanted to go into it because uh, you'll lose this argument. But I mean, if you want to, if, <laughs> if you want me to start yelling at you, you want to end that way. I'm, I mean, I'll take 10 minutes. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm just teasing. And, and just for everybody, 
you know, and the, the one thing I like about you, Eugene, is that you and Only I can one have thing. open conversations when we disagree on something. I send them a text and we go back and forth. There's no ill will. And once we're done arguing about it, we just move on to the next next topic. And and I wish more of this political discourse was like that. You know, I think Jim made the point, uh, you know, we was talking before about after the election. Election's over. Let's get back to work to benefit our communities. And you should be able to respectfully disagree with each other. And Eugene, you have your opinion, which I think is stupid and wrong. <laughs> I have my opinion, which you think is stupid and wrong. Never but- say that Kurt bought stamps for a campaign. That's right. <laughs> That's what and I learned. But we, but we can just agree to disagree and move on to, to the next thing. And I wish there was more of that in the Valley because yeah. if you think about it, I mean, what are we, 50,000 people living in a, you know, 15 or 20 square mile area that all have same concerns, the same issues. We just want to have good schools and our garbage done and our taxes low and our roads paved. You know, we have our infighting for the three months of the campaign season. And once that ends, to Jim's point, all right, we're done. And for the next, you know, 21 months, can we all just get along to the next one and do what's best for our community? So, but I just wanted to tease you a little bit about that because I'm getting vilified for simply stopping on the way back from a lunch meeting I had to pick up stamps. Because I just happen to be driving by the place, and suddenly I'm in a Valley Indie article. Somebody's got a guilty conscience. And doing stuff for the campaign. I mean, you know, I just... Well, well, Gene, if it's any consolation, I like two things about you. Oh. (laughs) I want to know what the... Okay. I'm just teasing. Listen, again, we're disappointed that your hair's been cut and your your funky mustache is gone. Oh, I I like the mustache. Listen, here's the thing. Here's the honest to God truth. And I'll end on a, on a sort of uh, Irish uh, bittersweet note. I went to go see my mother was dying in June and I went to go see her. And, uh, you know, she's barely loose and she's in a lot of pain. It was a horrible thing. And but she's still the Irish mother that she is. She told me I look terrible and that I had to get a haircut. You bum. That was like. One of the last interactions. So I had, I went and got a haircut for dear old mom, and that was that. You know what I mean? So words to remember, Gene. That's right. <laughs> words to remember. Mom's <laughs> always right. Remember that. Right. And on that note, I want to thank you both uh, for being on this podcast. And uh, anybody, send your your hate mail, critiques, criticism, comments to Valley Independent Central at gmail dot com. And hey, Eugene, before you cut us off. Jim and I just want to say uh, thank you. I don't know when this is going to come out, but tomorrow's Veterans Day. Just thank you to all the veterans out there who uh, made the ultimate sacrifice, some who did, those who fought, those who lost their lives, uh, to allow us to have this open discourse, this back and forth, to have you know free elections and things like that. That's on the back of all those great people, and we just want to say thank you to all of them for everything they've done. Excellent point, sir. Thank you. Yes, you're absolutely right. I wish I had remembered that at the very top of this broadcast, but if you're still listening and it is Veterans Day, there is a list of, of uh, ceremonies on valleyindy.org for Ansonia, Seymour, and Derby. And that's absolutely right. We could not have these conversations if, if it wasn't for the veterans. So thank you so much. We end on a truly good note. All right. Peace. See you guys. Hey, guys. Pleasure.